0: welcome to the prog talks with uncle prog once again and today i'm very excited because i have with me two israeli musicians veterans of prog i would say from subterranean masquerade uh Tomer and vidi welcome how are you guys doing hello hello <laughs> we're doing Doing good good. how are you i'm good i'm good and i'm very glad you had the time to be on the show with me because i'm so uh, excited to talk about mountain fever when we're recording this of course the album is a few weeks out from release but when you watch this it might just be a few days until the whole world can experience uh, mountain fever. So how are you guys feeling about the album? Have you already had some, uh, you know, responses? Are you excited now?
1: Very much. (laughs) Very exciting. We've been, this album is ready for over a year. Um so it's been a long time uh, coming and uh, the more we waited the more eager we became to to spread the music uh, to everybody
0: of course and we are
1: yet to receive a lot of uh, responses and um, i guess that uh, things are still a little slow but uh slowly slowly
2: and i'm sure they will come
0: what about you vidi you eager to have people hear the album now i'm very excited
2: i'm 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 excited and I am I'm nervous because this is actually the first album that I'm that I'm doing with Subterranean Masquerade. Yeah. So, kind of, it's very exciting. I am looking forward to see. I'm curious to see how people will the people that know the band um, in its last reincarnation with yeah. Kietel and Paul. Um, I want to see. I want to see. I'm curious about how people will receive it. Uh, But I feel good. I think that um, you know we're doing a genre that has a lot of open-minded people. I agree. And and it's about progression. So I hope that uh, people enjoy it. We we like it. We're happy with it.
0: (laughs) Yes, and and and. I'm, of course, I've had the chance to listen to the album, and uh, you know, I think people are in for a treat. To put it mildly, it's a for me at least, it's a, a very good album. And uh, but like you touched on, Tomer, the album has been finished for a very long time, but it's not out until now on the fourteenth of May. So what happened there? Why was why did it take such a long time? Of it. Um, we are we are a band that's based
1: on uh, touring. We very much like uh, to get in touch with our audience. And we believe that uh, touring is a major part in the success of an album. Of course. So we decided to wait. Yeah, we decided to wait. We don't want to miss the boat. We want to go on the boat again and play in Paris. Yes. And uh, uh, it's, it's very important for us. Um, so we decided to take a break with Mountain Fever until... Um, until we feel like things are getting back to normal. And in the meantime, we prepare a whole bunch of video clips and uh, extra bonus stuff that we can put out when the album is out. Yeah. Um, So I think it's a win-win situation for everybody because we have a back office full of surprises. We just cannot wait uh, to show to the world.
0: Yeah, I can I can understand that, you know, sitting on an album like this as well for over a year and then just hoping to be able to go out there and be, you know, play it live. And you guys are very much a live band, you know, I I would have to say for anyone who listens to and enjoys your music, you know get out there and see you guys live because it's a it's a amazing experience uh, so what can you what can you say about the recording and writing process of mountain fever then when did you start working on the material that ended up on the album because your last album vagabond was out in 2017 right yeah and then this album, I see it says it's recorded between the Golan Heights and Fascination Street Studio. And you have uh, David Castillo uh, engineering it and you have Jens Pugren mixing it. How was this uh, experience of recording this album?
1: Well, we start writing the album um, the time Vagabond was in mix. So it's been a long time since I exactly, uh, started yeah. writing writing the songs. And uh, obviously when Vagabond came out, we decided to take a one-year break from uh, creating new music just to focus on the album we have and on uh, promoting it and playing it live. And eventually about, uh, I think it was two years ago, uh, we decided we want to go and uh, start uh, recording the album. And we flew to Sweden to Fascination Tricks and uh, had um, a week with David Castillo doing the drums, with Matan mueli playing the drums. And uh, it was a great experience because he's just a master and he got get the, the best drum sound I ever, ever heard. And um, once we had the drums, we started recording uh, more of the other instruments in our own studios. Yeah. Every one of us had a studio and now uh, we can our own studio and whatever and what we cannot in um, just other studios in Israel. So eventually we recorded in maybe like 10 different locations.
0: <laughs> I see. I see. Well, it's, it's interesting to me because this album, even though your, your older albums I enjoy very much, this album sounds amazing, especially the drums and the bass, is really, really amazing on this, this album. So how did you, you know, this experience of recording in Sweden then, was it, did you feel like it was on another level?
1: Oh yeah. It's definitely taking everything on another level. As you can hear yourself, this album sounds better than any of our other albums. Um, because firstly, we all get more mature than musicians and producers, but Jens, Jens and, and David and Fascination Street and everybody working there, they're just at the top of the game. Yeah. And we, we wanted to go for a record studio that make a top-notch a high-profile albums for a high-profile band. We want to sound just like any other band that is playing big festivals. It was an easy decision, like a very easy decision, and you, you can see they did very good things for music.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, I wanted to to talk a little bit about you know the album, the lyrical concepts, or maybe the theme and whatever. And I I believe UVD is the one who writes, uh, written a lot of the lyrics for this album, right? So yeah, lyrics, yeah, yeah. So with Vagabond, it felt like it was all about travel, about touring, about a journey with this album, it feels like it's more, what can I say? If, th- if there's any journey, it's more inward spiritual than on Vagabond. Mm-hmm. And also, um, how, how does this album, does it have an overarching theme or a concept or how did you approach writing for a mountain fever?
2: Well, what happened was that, uh, Tomer came with the title. Tomer told us, listen, guys, this album sounds like a mountain fever because mm. Tomer wrote the music in the Golan Heights on what was used to be a volcanic mountain, a volcano and it's now, it's it's numb and Tomer sat there the entire uh, winter um, not being able to travel the way usually Tomer travels to India and to the US and wherever he's going when he wrote the 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 albums in the back catalog and this was written in israel on a mountain yeah and when Toma told me i'm a big i'm a big fan of the music before i joined the band and i really enjoyed and i could really relate to all the ideas about about traveling and about being a nomad and about um longing and yearning for something that is out there yes but But this thing that is out there, there's always a dialogue in Subterranean Masquerade's lyrics about what's in. And this time, because it was written in our homes, I felt that the right thing to do is to look on a different aspect of of the journey. And a lot of it was about a person that is unable to move or to travel but he's he's still forced to long for something because yes. longing is is an inner force. So the main themes were about being in exile while you're still home. And this was about a spiritual journey, but it also was a lot about identity and about where we come from and about and I wanted to take a look on the journey that my grandparents took to get here and ask the question whether this sort of behavior still exists within me. Mm -hmm. So there was not like, you know, a pure concept that we were going for, but it was, I was trying to look at the idea of exile and the idea of identity in Different. Each song represents a different part, a different aspect of, like you said, of what we're looking inwards. But it yeah. could be love, it could be family, it could be roots, it could be fame, it could be any of these things. And I think this is what makes the this is what makes the 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 album a little bit spiritual because because of that.
0: Yes, I I, I agree with that, and and I feel like this is. Uh... You know just the uh, the title Mountain Fever it sort of screams out to you. So so and you said that it was you Tomer who came up with the uh, the name for the album. So where did that come from? Where did that Mountain Fever come from for you? Um
1: I I live on a mountain. Well it, it's not it's not like the Norwegian mountains obviously. It's the Israeli sized mountain which is kind of <laughs> <laughs> It's well, it's a still mu- small. A mountain is a mountain, right? But Exactly. A mountain is a mountain and you get it with the people and you get it with uh, the the chill in the morning and the chill in the evening and you get it with the thin air. And uh, being being not able to travel as uh, freely as living in the city. So it was written on a mountain and I had a very hectic winter. Mm. We were doing the mix for Vagabond and I was listening to the album and I had a hard time with it. And I said, I made an album that is going to be complicated for people. Nobody going to like it. And I want to record another album. And uh, and I start writing the music for another album as this album was, as Vagabond was in mix. So it was kind of a hectic three months. At yeah. the end, I felt like I was I was having a fever and I cured because writing the music for the album and having those demos in a way cured me. So it was a mountain fever and this was the disease or the soundtrack for the disease or whatever. And uh, Vinny was coming out. The soundtrack for a disease, I, or a mountain disease. Like yeah. <laughs> and The lyrics re- fit very much the concept because Vidi was taking um, the energetic movement of the music and translated it into words. And it was something that, for me, it was a very hard time to do. I had, I had, especially in this album. So I'm glad that Vidi took it and, and did it. And I think together, it's just the soundtrack and the, and the book. Maybe yeah
0: get all think i i I find that you know that's interesting v d you know what you mentioned about conflict maybe inner con- conflict mirroring a conflict without would you talk a little bit more uh, more about that you know the conflict maybe between love and you know all these good emotions and then the conflict of all the bad stuff as well uh, would you say something more about that?
2: Well um I've been I've been living for a very long time um outside of Israel until the end of 2017 when I visited Israel and Toma contacted me and and I this is the relationship of subterranean masquerade um this is how it started um I I've been living for a while outside outside of Israel I've been mostly in Denmark but Roaming around Scandinavia, yeah, and I, I, I was looking, I was looking for some peace of mind for a very long time. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't find it back home. Now looking back at it, and and I had my bands and I had my tours, but I, I really felt that, um, I cannot sit still. Yeah, that I cannot sit still, and that I, there's something, that something's wrong, and. I realized, you know, during the years going then, going to Scandinavia and coming back, I realized there were a lot of inner conflicts that were triggered by the place that I'm, that I am a part of, my my home. And I was looking for a different rhythm. And when I got when I got to Scandinavia, I actually started to um, discover myself and realize what I want and what are the Out outer voices that became my inner voices, and I and I wasn't sure why I'm doing the stuff that I'm doing. Why is it that I want to perform so much? Why is it that I become sad when I'm back home? Plus, we had this thing here that um, my family was not very much approving of me leaving because because of the fear of me not getting back. And this is something that my, my again my grandparents just brought in when they came from Poland and Romania. So there was a little bit, uh, there was a sense of guilt with the people that didn't understand why I'm leaving. And I think a lot of it came like out in this album because yeah. it was about how come is it that I feel guilty that I need to move on forward. And I couldn't, Always differ between is it guilt because of my morals and my standard or is it guilt because someone else made me guilty? Yeah, um, and it comes in a lot of other ex- aspects. But I think in the album there's a lot of of this thing that love and guilt are two things that bind you to a place.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, it I, I can think be a
2: relationship. It can be a country.
0: I think that's very very interesting. And also, I wonder. You know, uh, you talked about traveling through Scandinavia, living in Scandinavia. And of course, I'm sure you you, uh, and also you, Tomer, through your previous vocalist, Ketil, right, being exposed to uh, the progressive or metal music tradition of Scandinavia with, you know, all the Viking and all the, you know, that Part of, of the music in black metal and whatever and it feels very much to me like subterranean masquerade is like a middle eastern or israeli um answer to this where your music is sort of drawn from your own background, your own influences the history of the you know the the area the nation the music the art, and it's fascinating to me how how would you respond to that
1: I will answer a little bit, and I think Vidi will answer the rest because he came up with the lyrics but yes, septtoria masquerade is 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 who we are i mean eventually. It would be kind of dumb if I write lyrics about uh, fjords and the Vikings. And uh, oh, I, write, I write music that is um, sucking the, the culture from who we are, the, yes. the music in, in, in the radio. Um, so in every album we do, we have a prayer uh, that is uh, in a synagogue. And in this either on the Shabbat, which is the weekend, or uh, Yom Kippur, which is one of those uh, more sacred uh, Jewish holidays. So we got music that is rooted in uh, religion
0: yeah.
1: and in culture tradition. And, and, and tradition and old tradition, not new tradition. And this is just who we are. So I guess, yeah, um, this is what it is. Yeah. And Vidi can tell you because he write the, the some of the lyrics has a biblical um, aspect to it.
0: Yes, please,
2: yeah, Vidi. Um well, I'm, I'm too short to be a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and am I, I, I really. But-
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, you know, I realized that when I was, when I was a teenager, I really wanted to be a Viking. I listened to a lot of black metal, it, it, but it, it didn't, it, it just didn't work. The mirror told me um, no the 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 best you can be do you remember the movie uh, the 13 warrior with oh, yeah, antonio bandera yeah
0: of course yeah
2: okay. so i i watched this and i said okay i can't be a viking but can i be antonio bandera <laughs> <laughs> no, he had a cooler sword he had yeah, he a cooler did. sword
0: he did have that yeah and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he was a smart so, guy you know, in that movie <laughs> smarter than smart yeah guy. he was the smart guy in the group for sure <laughs>
2: I love I love this movie. I love this movie. Uh, I, I I grew up with this movie. But I think that the, the point that I'm trying to say is that um, what I loved, what I love about Scandinavian metal, and especially with Norwegian metal, is that once you press play, you know where it's from. Mm. There is this impressionistic thing that is going on, the landscape is there the cold is there the wind yeah, everything is there and and this is wonderful and i think that in a way in a sense that's what we are trying to do
0: yeah we want you to
2: press play and come over to our house
0: exactly you no know? yeah i I think i I think that's very um right it's very true what you're saying because some bands or some you know like you mentioned the norwegian bands have that thing where you get transported into there you have like some uh, canterbury bands from the england where when you listen to them suddenly you're in the english countryside and when you listen to your albums suddenly you feel like you're part of the middle east or you're part of israel you can taste the hummus yes <laughs> you can <laughs> you can taste the hummus but yeah it's 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 lovely like that yeah but but uh to to move uh, along a little bit you know uh you guys have been on different labels since you started out the first ep and album was uh, the end records and then there was, was Taklit music and uh Solom, right um, for The Great Bazaar and Vagabond. And now you're releasing your f- first album with uh, Sensory. So how did that happen? It's a funny story. Um, the End Records, it's a record
1: label I used to work at. Um, I at. Yeah, oh, really? I did many years working in... Uh, yeah, I used to live in the States um, in, in California. And then we moved to Utah and then eventually to Brooklyn. Uh, but I used to work for the End Record, and uh, and this is this is this is this is probably the reason why the first EP and an album was released on of the course, End Record of because that it was easy for me.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and it was a good label too. We
1: had Green uh, Carnation, Light of Day, Day of Darkness, and we had uh, all the first Agalok albums and the November's Doom, and yeah, you yeah. can see how I, how I got to, to talk with with Chetel and how I got to talk with with Paul Core. Because we were on the same label.
0: Yeah, I, own, I, 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 I own very many of those albums from <laughs> the end. So that's very interesting okay. to me that you were part yeah. of that. Yeah,
1: I, I worked there f- since 2000 to 2005. And, and then I took a big break from music and blah, 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 blah. When we came back to make music and I recorded The Great Bazaar, I released it on Clip Music, which is my label. Just oh, because nobody wanted to release. Huh?
0: Mm. So it yeah, was more or was less it, a self-released album, then, in a way. That, uh, yeah, it was, it was a self-released
1: album. I remember sending out uh, promos to all the labels, and I got no reply from anybody. So, okay, I'm just going to put it out. And uh, after this album, and we signed with a uh, management company, then we got a deal with uh, Vicky Solo, which is yes. a great label from Sweden, which released Vagabond. And um, what I didn't mention is that when I used to work in the States, uh, one of my biggest competitors was the Laser Edge, which is Ken Golden. Of and course. We, we, really, we didn't like each other very much because I came young from Israel. Okay, I want to bring, you know, I, I cut the prices. I brought a lot of import from Europe because I had the contacts. Of course. And, uh, and we didn't like each other, you know, and it was, it, it was yeah. a lot more. Eventually, when I wanted to, when we wanted to release the new album, I got to talk with Ken Gordon and we realized that after all those years, we just remained good friends and that we know the business so much and we know it so well because we we both got a lot of experience. It was just natural for us just to sign each other and to get these things working together. And I must admit that this is by far, um, a, a great, a great corporation, and it's a great label, and it's very nice to work with people that actually believe in you, and they want to push you, and uh, and and it's great.
0: <laughs> I can imagine, I'm, and uh, I'm I'm glad to see you there. That's also a label with a long history of releasing great music, and I think, you know, uh, Subterranean Masquerade is fitting in perfectly with a lot of the the other great bands on there, uh, but. but of course, there was an album between Vagabond and this new one, Mountain Fever, because last year you released the pros and cons of social is- is- isolation with a lot yeah, of reworked, reworked <laughs> tracks, right? That is tracks from your previous albums or whatever. And in addition, you had a um, very uh, cool cover track by originally by Phil Collins how did that that album happen to to come to be
2: midi take it well well <laughs> uh, covid striked uh very hard in israel yeah uh the the the, the first wave was at, i think at some point we were the the country with the, the most uh people infected
0: yeah i think i read and, about yeah
2: yeah so what happened was that we were not allowed to go anywhere and it was really the beginning of everything. So, you know, everybody thought that, uh, this is it, uh, it's the apocalypse and, uh, goodbye. <laughs> so we, we were stuck at home and we couldn't meet each other. We are living relatively to Israel. We're living far apart, um, from the South of Jerusalem to, Golan Heights. Yeah. And we just could not, we couldn't accomplish with this thing. We couldn't, we couldn't be in completion and feel, okay, that's, that's fine. We're just sitting here. So what we decided to do, because we really wanted to uh, make music and we didn't want to release Mountain Fever. Mountain Fever was ready. Yeah. So, and we cannot tour, we cannot rehearse, we cannot meet each other. So we decided we were going to play a game we decided that we are going to take um, the the older catalog of the band and we're just going to do an exercise in creativity. And each one of us just put all of his ideas out there on a track. So the the the, the rule was that there are no turning backs. Like what you're putting there, this is what's going to be. And we had a lot of fun making it. And it's kind of a crazy project. It's very weird. Yeah, we 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 took <laughs> ourselves seriously, but we didn't take it seriously. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I I, I totally get what you mean. And, and we just so we
2: started translating stuff to Hebrew, and we started doing some weird trap hip hop, and we made like a cowboy song, yeah. and it was mostly to keep the band in touch
0: yeah, and, to keep, and the
2: friendship, hmm. to keep the friendship in touch. We didn't yeah. want to say, okay, see you in a year. And and th- this is, this is this, this is this thing. This is the pros and cons of social isolation. This is exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: yeah.
0: and, and who, and, and who decided yeah. on another day in paradise and why?
2: I think that the another day in paradise was Tomil's idea. Um. Uh, we felt that it really fits what's going on in Israel. There were a lot of protests, like huge protests, and everybody were locked at home. And there was so much despair, especially in the cultural uh, scenes and especially for musicians in the cultural scenes. So Tomer came up with the idea. And then I thought, you know, this can be really, really cool if we're going to call all of our friends. From Israel, that they are stuck as well, yeah. and we're going to ask them if they can sing a line or two. So it will be dedicated to all the artists here and all the people here that support all of the Israeli bands and um, the people behind the scenes. Um, so we were very happy to to receive yes from everyone we asked. So we got all of our friends there, and we we just decided that we're going to have a blast. This was this was the idea, right, Thomas? Am I missing something? Everything about this album was
1: just they just have fun, and especially this cover song. So yeah,
2: yep. <laughs> well, uh, so you it's know, ar- ironically, fitting the idea behind the Phil Collins cover.
0: Exactly, and and I think it made made for a very good cover for you guys to do. It was surprising, but at the same time, it was very subterranean, masqueradish.
1: <laughs> cool. I cool, mean, cool. I'm a huge 80s fan, I listen to 80s music all day long, so I got a whole bunch of other songs I want to do 80s cover. So if you approve and you like it, expect us uh, <laughs> <laughs> to come back for more cheesy 80s uh, track, uh, rap in the Middle Eastern and uh, subterranean. I,
0: I love that, <laughs> that era of music as well. So if you do a full album of just 80s covers you got at least one person who's gonna buy it here <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright, okay yeah. I got big got, claim I
0: got for it <laughs> if you are enjoying this interview please head over to theprogspace.com for more reviews articles, pictures and interviews all about progressive music you can also find us on facebook, twitter and instagram theprogspace.com the band previously as for most of the time has had two vocalists you know for vagabond you had chatil doing the clean vocals and then you you had paul and elliran doing the growls or the the more harsh vocals so And I've always had so much respect for vocalists who can do both the growls and, uh, you know, the cleans and especially live, you know, going on stage and doing all that stuff. So I'm wondering, Vidi, what are the particular challenges with doing that live on stage? And do you have to take special care of yourself during a tour or something when you're performing these kind of different styles of of vocalization
2: first of all i rest a lot in between i sleep a lot
0: yeah uh to make sure that i restore
2: myself and i'm trying to eat the best i can yeah so People are not going to have uh, for me like crazy uh, tour stories about um, alcohol or 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 chicks or stuff like that, because I'm really nerdy about it. I really I really care that the show will be the best that it can be. And uh, I'm trying to rest uh, the best as I can. It was always that way when since I was since I was a kid in bands that that I would that I would go and do both. Yeah. Um when I when I was when I was 13 or 12, I think I was 12, I got uh Orphan Land's uh, demo The Beloved's Cry. Oh. And 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 that that was that was a game changer. I I heard Metallica before and I was very much into hip hop and um and heavy metal, but I've never heard like the the Death Grunts thing. Yeah. And and it was just the first record that I've heard that you know, Kobe, the the singer of Orphanland. Oh,
0: Orphanland, yeah.
2: Yeah, was doing both.
0: Yeah. I, I I think that's you know, that's also for me one of the early uh, examples of that. And also, you know, Don Swan,, uh, I believe you guys worked with him yeah, for of one of the early albums, yeah. right? Uh, and, and- me the Great Bazaar. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that's also one of the first early examples of a vocalist doing both the cleans and uh growls and you know, I've always enjoyed the albums of of uh Subterranean Masquerade, but it adds a little extra to see you on stage performing both sides of it. So, when you are on stage stage, you know, what what are the challenging parts of changing up between the cleans and the growls?
2: Well, uh I practice a lot. So when we get there to the challenging parts, uh, it will be an automatic pilot. I see what I'm doing. Of course. But I think, I think that uh, the the energy shifts can be pretty strong. Yeah. And, and you really want it to be authentic when it's happening and not just technical. So uh, I think that, I'll say it that way the 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 biggest challenge was that um we have in the back catalog really wonderful singers and big shoes to fill and yes. for for me at least like I'm 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 a fan of these guys and I'm a fan of the band so I I I really want to respect what the people has been doing before and I think that to learn this energy and the energy shifts between why is this part clean and why is this part granted or yeah. screamed like there should be a reason. Otherwise, there is no point. So I think that the main thing is not like a physical thing, but mostly uh, a psychological thing of realizing why is it there in the same place from the from the start. Yeah. Like, why is the guitar playing a clean note now? And why is the guitar pressing distortion at that point? So it's all about the dynamics. Um, I think the hardest part was that I really want the live shows to be very vivid and to elevate everyone. Yes. So I don't want to be the guy that is standing there and is like, okay, now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing that. And I think that the movement with the body, the 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 aerobics, uh, was the part that I had to challenge myself, and the part that I actually need to rest because of, because I'm climbing on stuff and I'm jumping on stuff. Yes. And at the same time, I'm shifting the techniques. Exactly. Um, But but as I said before, uh, the technique shift is less of a critical thing at the moment. Because it's I, just from the age of 12, it's just what you hear. It's like a blues singer will hear blues all of his yeah. life. So um, does it answer your question?
0: Yes, it does. It does. Uh, and uh, I find it very, very interesting. So thank you for... for being so you know expanding on that and and yeah, sure. and, and and you know uh, taking that idea and sort of uh going out to the full music you know uh it's the the music of subterranean masquerade has always been very eclectic and adve- adventurous but this album seems to take that to a new level you know there are some parts of this album like the beginning of diaspora my love which is almost like Pover balladish and then you have some, you know, gospel-like parts on Somewhere I Sadly Belong and the amazing brass section and, uh, and uh, the saxophone solo on, uh, is that on in, in, inside, right? Ooh, it's yeah. inward. You know? Inward, yeah, inwards. Exactly. And, then, and then you have uh, this uh, track Gata," which is really, you know, almost like symphonic rock. Style and, and all that uh, you know mixed in together, but at the same time, the album sounds like the most grounded album you've ever done. How do you explain well,
2: that? <laughs> I, I'll, <laughs> I'll say I'll say one quick thing, and then I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Tomer. Um, we we talked in the beginning of the conversation. We talked about uh, the inability to sit still, and and. and I'll leave you with that and I'll give you I'll give you a <laughs> 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 what do you mean by
1: saying an ability to sit still <laughs> actually We're actually ready. actually we are all hyperactive in the band and uh, we get to move a lot and maybe this is the shift between uh, grows and clean and prog and rock and 80s and everything yeah. just that we listen to everything for so you are not we are not the typical uh, metalheads uh, you know audience we listen to Uh, we are experienced both as musicians and as a music listeners and uh, what we wanted is just to mix everything we like into our art because we have no agenda we don't want to make an album that sounds like something we don't care about the genre or even though we like to get good reviews and to see our audience liking us we obviously don't do it for the you know for becoming uh, rock stars we do it because it's this is the cure for the Mountain Fever. And, uh, and this is the soundtrack for the Mountain Fever. It's the yes. book. And this is a, a spiritual journey and everything. And now on this album, we worked together, all of us. I think it's the first album we did that I wasn't in control on everything, like I like, I like to be all the time. And everybody in the band gave it own input. Avidi wrote all the text which, and, the, and the vocal melodies, yeah. which is fifty percent of making an album. Chai, the keyboard player, he wrote the brass uh, arrangements and the and the violin arrangements. Matan Schmueli on the drums, he's always great in coming up with crazy beats and ideas and Jens and David Castillo and everybody we worked with had his own signature, his own trademark signature. And 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 eventually eventually you get together uh, a bunch of experience people make music and it sounds uh, grounded
2: for some reason. Sounds good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that when you go on a journey and you come back, you, you see, you know, you see the Norwegian mountains and now it's part of you. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's leaking out it's leaking out in the music, but it's still you. It's it's your perspective on these mountains. So I think that all the influences together, uh, it's just like one entity that is using all of its memory, uh, all of its memories and the stories and, and emotions. And just, I think maybe this is why it's round. I think it's a great compliment. Thank you very much. Well, um, I, I think...
0: I, I one, also have to I say quick quickly that, you know... Um... You you talked about also early in the interview how you were, you know, a little bit nervous maybe, VD, because this is the first album where you are sort of so involved with the band and you're the main vocalist doing, you know. And I've always loved Subterranean Masquerade and I do really love the vocalist that's been on the earlier albums. I think yeah. Kjetil is one of my favorite vocalists uh, with the Green Carnation. But there is something about this album with you on vocals that feels to me like the final puzzle piece has sort of been fitted into subterranean masquerade and i wow. feel it sounds more subterranean masquerade than it's ever done before i don't know with you tomer how do you feel about that now that vid is in the band you know how How did you? How did you find this guy, and and, you know how did you involve him in the band, and and how you know how has how is it working? Because it's it it is like the this album when I listen to it now is like this is truly you know like I feel like it's hundred percent your own identity with this album.
1: I agree. I got good bumps just from uh, hearing you saying that. It's very exciting, and I may turn emotional. So thank you. And um, we are all from Israel, so we get to play together a lot. Yes. And although I'm a big I'm a big fan of of i and I'm a big fan of Paul and a big fan of everybody we worked with, it's different when you get to meet the guy once a week and, and talk and hang out and play music and get emotionally connected and become very, very good friends. Yes. And I th- I, th- I think it makes a difference eventually you you can hear it in the music. Um, it just the bonding is so strong, yes. that We know each other, we can identify each other's fart smell. So, <laughs> this is how close we are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know the feeling, and it feels also like Vidi has been able to bring a lot of his spirituality into the music through his voice of course but also through the lyrics which which i truly enjoy with this new album but uh, you know i want to jump a little bit to to something else now because i only have you here for so long so and i always find it very interesting to hear about people's personal musical journey you know the musical upbringing uh a lot of people i talk to musicians they have this like aha moment when they heard an album or witnessed a performance. And, and they're like, I want to be like that. So, and also when did you guys discover metal music and prog music and, and how has it shaped you? Uh, Tomer. Well,
1: the aha moment for me is actually not metal. It's a uh, radiohead doing a kid, a album just when it came out on an amphitheater in front of 2000 people. It was kind of intimate uh, it was uh, it was a crazy summer in Israel. Uh, we had uh, Guns N' Roses and uh, Metallica and uh, Madonna and Michael Jackson and Radiohead doing Kid A. It was insane. That was, that, that was the moment where I remember saying, I want to beat this guy. <laughs> it was John Greenwood with his crazy guitar, uh, weird noises. And I was always into... Like I said, I grew up listening to 80s music, yeah. but uh, when I was 10 or 11, I, uh, I, I discovered Guns N' Roses, which was a big, big, big influence on me. It's still a big influence and a big love. And heavy guitars in uh, Seattle, uh, Soundgarden, and Nirvana. Mm-hmm. I only discovered death metal and uh, more heavy music when I was 16. So I had a few years of listening to a mellow uh, metal hard work alternative music. And And you can still hear it in the music i mean i like playing i'm I'm not playing as a, as, a, as a proper metal uh, a guitar player i'm i'm more into
0: <laughs> yeah there's into a lot of, there's a lot of hard rock riffing there with with your stuff which isn't necessarily like you say metal but more comes from a you know a hard rock uh, feeling what about UVd you, you know do you have some exp- experience or something that made you say you know i want to be a singer i want to be a performer
2: i was singing since i was young i was singing in all kind of municipal choirs and stuff like that and i was very much into hip-hop then i decided that i want to learn guitar Uh, i got a guitar i went uh deep into metallica and then my parents told me listen you are really lousy in math So we are going to take the guitar away because you need to practice your math. So, um, so I just asked the microphone instead and then, and then it all, it, it all started. It made sense to me better than the guitar because I hated doing the scales. I hated it Yeah. and, uh, I, I, I wanted to be in bands, but I didn't have the instrument, you know, it was confiscated. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm still out there at Math. It didn't work. It didn't work. Um, and then I in high school I was doing all kind of punk and thrash metal stuff. I think I don't know when was the exact aha moment that made me do it all hmm. the time because this was the only thing I cared about, music. Um, I can tell you that I had a few like life-changing uh, moments after listening to Tom Waits and Scott Walker and Nina Hagen and Mike mm. Patton and whew, the Amanda Gadas. Um When I heard Mr. Bungle, when I heard California, I was, I was uh, 17 years old and I heard this album and I was like, okay, um, this is my Bible now.
0: Yeah, that's a life changer for anyone.
2: Yeah. And... And that's it. I only started learning properly how to sing when I was in the army. Uh, I I took the army salary and I went to a vocal coach and Mm. she was, um, I didn't know. I was lucky. She was an avant-garde singer and a free jazz singer. So everything that I wanted to do um, was always like weird And I found a home. So I think my aha moment, like my real aha moment was when I first met my uh, my first teacher and she just gave me tons of experimental music to listen to. And I went, I, I became so in love with it and obsessed with it that I just sat home and practiced very weird noises and, and th- this, th- this is it for me, like I, I, my, my heart is like in the avant-garde stuff.
0: Exactly. And,
2: and then I started enjoying kind of popish stuff, but it I, I needed some hormones to, to go down a little bit.
0: <laughs> exactly. In, <laughs> to balance in, it. In my body.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that this album that we're doing now, there, there's a lot of pop yeah. melodies into it, but I cannot hide the fact that I am really into like the very weird
0: things. Like, exactly. And that's what makes it so great. It's accessible, but at se- at the same time it's complicated and challenging. And that's what, what makes me love your music so much, you know. Um I, I want to ask you you guys a little bit more, um, you know, a general question about because I find the Israeli and Middle Eastern metal and prog scene uh, very interesting. You know, from the beginning, it seemed it was like orphan land and, and you guys and then over the I don't know last 10 years or maybe you know there's so many good bands that has appeared you know Distorted Harmony, Efrat, Amazephyr, Skardust, Solstice Coil most recently I listened to this band Storchy uh, with yeah. the mm-hmm. daughter of yeah. um yeah Yassi Susi uh, um, and and I have to say you know uh what can you guys tell me about this local scene of yours is there places for Bands that play this music to play live? Is there a community? Um and also is there other bands in Israel or like Middle Eastern bands that you wanna shout out a bit or or you know tell tell our listeners about?
1: Go Maybe. for it, Toma. Me? Okay. So in Israel in Israel there is great music scene uh overall and a uh, great, great, great live and kicking metal scene. Um it's a small country so everybody knows everybody and you get to see a lot of those uh, four or five bands uh, events where uh, they get together and get the club sealed for a day of uh, hard rocking like a mini, really fest- nice.
0: mini festival or uh, almost yeah yeah but for the underground exactly. everything
1: is, uh, is underground so the underground is
0: very nice and
1: strong in israel um unfortunately there are not there are not enough bands in here that can break the glass ceiling and mm-hmm. um, eventually the distance is, uh, you know, is not easy.
0: A challenge.
1: Is yeah. a challenge for a band in Israel. Sometimes it is not, um, you know, you need to be open minded a little bit just to, to, to say, okay, this is an Israeli band. Let's listen to it. I like Israeli music. Uh, it's not uh, sitting, guys. Uh, in Norwegian music, or uh, in British music, or Swedish music, Israeli music. The Israeli scene is not uh, enough identified uh, to be a genre of its own. Mm. Uh, but we have great bands here. You say Skadast, which are amazing, and Strucci, which are very like they are really pioneering in yeah. what they do.
0: Fantastic. Um,
1: there, is a, there is a band called Tomorrow's Rain. If you know, um, they just released an album last year and they are very much a Sister of Mercy meets uh, Paradise oh, Lost. Early Paradise Lost. Yeah, it's a really good album and I can send you the link, the Spotify link, so you can check it out.
0: Please do. And I will uh, put it on screen so people can check it out as well, of course. Exactly. And uh, we
1: have a lot of uh, really nice trash metal bands like uh, Scenery and uh, I don't know if you heard the name uh, Shredhead
0: no um, i haven't but uh there's lots of names here for me to check out and and being an old death and black metal guy you know i know salem which was sort of the first israeli band world. i ever heard and which is was a an amazing band they released really really cool music back in the early 90s yeah they did headbangers ball like
1: they they had exactly. the music video with- working in uh, Gorefest uh, erase <laughs> It was yeah. the golden age of death metal and Headbangers Ball. And, 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 and they've been there. They are a very old uh, band. They, they haven't played for a while. And the bass guy is, is just deceased um, a couple years ago. The guy who played the bass. And but yeah, great scene. I will send you a few links, and uh, if you can recommend them to please do. I will. I'll, I'll
0: put put stuff on the on the screen here for for them to see. Well, finally, you know, we're coming up on on our. 50 minutes and and uh, i want to um, uh, just quickly say you know you are you guys are a live band you are uh you know have such good energy live but now it's been you know the ongoing pandemic has been a challenge to you as well as so many other bands so what plans do you have for mountain fever do you have any plans and now at all to be able to bring it out there to play and since it's been uh, also since it's been finished for so long are you already writing new stuff for her? of course <laughs> <laughs> i knew that answer but but i have to ask yeah
1: um we, we're actually doing uh, a launch show in tel aviv on the first of july and we, we need. We're gonna play uh, basically like seventy percent of mountain fever among of other stuff, and we practice very hard to uh, you know, to get back uh, to get our muscles uh, strong again. Yes. And hopefully everybody will uh, get their uh, vaccine soon uh, everywhere, so we can go and tour and travel and play in front of anybody that want to listen to our music, and uh, meet uh, so many beautiful people that we met along the way in those uh, few tours uh, we did a few years ago, all those years ago. So yeah, we miss that. We miss the travel, we miss the road, we miss uh, the, the energy and uh, the adrenaline. Right, Vidi? You miss it too? <laughs> I need this. <laughs> you need,
2: yeah. You're, ready to, you're <laughs> ready
0: to get out there again, Vidi, and do something for a mountain fever.
2: Yeah, I'm climbing I'm cli- climbing the walls here. <laughs> like literally climbing the walls. You, I can't imagine.
0: It. I've seen you live, so I yeah. can imagine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um we're working on it. It's it's uh, pretty difficult to, to get dates uh marked of course and booked completely. Uh we're you know hoping everyone will get vaccinated and everything will be fine. Yeah. Uh we have so far we have one confirmation for a festival in Romania, Maximum Rock, and um, we're going to be there. It's with uh, Devin Towson and Catatonia and uh we're looking forward to it. Um and I'll just say this, you know, on the 23rd of May, um vaccinated tourists are allowed to enter Israel and we are going to have few shows here. And uh, if you're into adventures, come over, write us, and we'll get some hummus together before the show.
0: (laughs) That sounds great. You know, we miss miss everyone. Yes. So we want to see everyone. And I think we, people who who love Subterranean Masquerade, we miss you. So I want to say thank you so much for being on the prog talks with me, Tomer and Vidi. And good luck on the release of Mountain Fever um thanks. for anyone watching listening you should check out their oh. band camp their website, their facebook and social media listen to the album or even better purchase the album and and really you know support the guys see beautiful vinyl, yeah also yeah. thanks to you who are listening and watching the show uh please like and subscribe as it helps us out at the prog space a lot so until next time stay safe and keep spreading that prog love. The Prog Talks, produced by The Prog Space. Main host, Rune Belsvik Produced by Rune Belsvik Vanessa and Matthias Kirsch. All graphics and animations by Vanessa Kirsch. Intro theme by Giuseppe Negri. Outro theme by Zach Munovic. This was the Prog Talks by the Prog Space. See you in a week.